Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayford and as soon as we're done here I'll be sending this tape to the BBC as my audition for Jeremy Clarkson's job. And this week, the star in a reasonably priced podcast is Tony Kerr. That's, not, that's one of your better ones, I think. Well, that's saying a lot, isn't it? Because there's, there's quite a long list. The thing is, I like how you've, uh, you've used the intro this week to kind of turn... The fact that you sound like Jeremy Clarkson into a, a deliberate gag <laughs> just to, to mask the fact that you're actually sounding like Clarkson for the past 250 episodes or so. Well, yeah, we talked about this the other week, how uh, we have in the past been described as the top gear of cricket, which in my book is maybe the most scathing review we've ever had, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was meant to be a compliment. Do I, I don't sound yeah. like Clarkson, do I not? Well, not now, but just when you do your Clarkson voice. I've not really got the same sense of humour as Jezza, though, have I? I've also I've seen you drive, obviously, and uh, <laughs> I just don't think you'd be very good at, at presenting Top Gear. <laughs> <laughs> it is true that I know very little about cars. <laughs> very little about how to drive them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's very harsh. That is harsh. Actually. How many lifts have I given you over the last ten years? <laughs> <laughs> that is harsh. That is harsh. But, I mean, in the context of Top Gear, you know, you'd be expected to thrash, you know thrash a Bugatti around an airfield. I just don't know if you've got it in you. Well, I do keep coming last on Mario Kart as well. (laughs) You've heard about this Jeremy Clarkson then, Tone, have you? Uh, Yeah, caught wind of it, yeah. Yeah. What's your take on it? What's your your Tony Kerr perspective on on what's happened? Because, I mean, you know, things can get fairly heated here at the World Cricket Show, can't they? But I've never punched you. (laughs) I mean, I've come close a couple of times. I think this is one of the reasons why the producers moved us to... Skype, so we don't have to, you know, being in close proximity in the studio. But yeah, I, I, I don't really care to be honest. <laughs> I do, do you know, I, you know, shoot me, but I do actually quite like Clarkson. I don't really get why people can't see that he's you know, a comedian. People hate him. People genuinely hate him. Like truly hate him. And I, like, I just. It kind of baffles me why people hate him quite so much. Well, I think people find him offensive, don't they? That's my that's that's my perception is that people find him offensive. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we could go on about this for ages, but but like Frankie Ball is offensive, but people don't hate him. I mean, some people hate him. It's all relative to like popularity and success, though, isn't it? It's the fact that Clarkson is, you know, fronting what is apparently the world's most popular TV show pretty much, uh, and making millions of pounds of license payers' money. Like, people don't care if you're some, you know, comedian who's, like, incredibly offensive but just gigging in Grimsby or something. Like, no one no one cares. It's the fact that he's very rich and successful off the back of it. But I, I think in the grand scheme of things, uh, not, it's not for me to decide what people should be offended by, but I just don't think he's that offensive. 
it occasionally occasionally comes out with stuff that you know people keep like mentioning but i just from my perspective I, you know i'm obviously not offended by it but i'll say other people shouldn't be but just it doesn't seem to me from this from the sidelines that it's as offensive as other things which are said and that don't draw as much hate yeah there we go that's all i'll say this is great isn't it because we uh we we sort of coming into this we said well we've probably only got about 15 minutes <laughs> so. can, you, can you actually move this to the back end of the podcast because otherwise people will be tuning out we've already. talked about jeremy clarkson for well, I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he brought it up i've edited it down but we've been talking about it for about 55 minutes now <laughs> but uh anyway Let's talk about some cricket because I do want to jump right into it, Tone, like a like a Jeremy Clarkson right hook. I think we should throw our full weight into this, just get cracking on the World Cup. Because as I say, we were intending to keep this fairly brief tonight, just because. Well, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been busier in my life than I am this week, Tone. Although it is that classic thing of I keep walking around going like, "Oh, I'm so busy. I've got no time." People are like, "Oh, can you do this really important thing?" Oh, no, no chance. I've got no time. Off to play football tonight. You know, keep saying to people, I've just got no time to do anything. Oh, but have you been watching The Good Wife? It's absolutely brilliant. But anyway, yes, the World Cup tone, the Cricket World Cup, we're at the sharp end now. A mere four and a half weeks and 42 matches after we started, we've reached the quarter-final stage of the tournament. I mean, it's absolutely whistled past, hasn't it, Tone? Well, has it? I don't know. It feels like I'm just, I'm weary. <laughs> yeah, the early enthusiasm is, is kind of faded slightly as everything was wrapped up with days to go uh well that's not quite true because well i know you know it's not that's a bit of an exaggeration but pakistan ireland was a was a you know yeah there was a, a lot riding on that game but it's all going to be over very quickly isn't it i mean when do we when 10 days time it's over yeah there's there's basically a week and a half to go i mean yeah i'm with you in that i'm a, i have been feeling a little bit over the Cricket World Cup in the sense that the group stages were mostly pretty dull. I've been a bit confused because it seems that in most like articles talking about it or when you see people interview uh, pundits on Sky, the, the BBC had an article today, and you know whenever these pundits are asked, has it been a good World Cup so far? They all seem to be saying, yeah, there's been a lot of good games, a lot of close games. There's been about four out of 42 that have been close. Uh, and, and yeah, there has been some exciting cricket and there's been some really high quality cricket but you know a because of the format which has which has proved as unconducive to excitement as we expected it would but also just because they've not for whatever reason there haven't been many close games if you've been following some of the action on the uh the official app which i have said before is excellent <laughs> i'm not not working for the i OCC think you might yet. be being paid by the occ uh it is brilliant but the text commentary in it is baffling at times in that, as you say, it, much like the, those pundits in that article on the BBC Sport page today, uh, you know, they've, all, they've been like brainwashed into kind of those birds. Yeah, actually on the last few podcasts, there's been a, a lot of bird song at my end. <laughs> I'm recording in a rural idyll. Can you shoot them or something? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, uh, the live text has basically been going on about how, you know, everything's like thrilling and exciting and it's like, you know, just kind of doesn't seem to be to tally up with what's actually happening on, on the field. <laughs> well, I agree with that, yeah. I do agree with that. It's There's been some exciting games, but we could probably name them all now if we wanted to, you know. Out of 42 games, there haven't been that many. It hasn't been a great tournament so far, but all of a sudden now we've got seven knockout games 
And there is a chance that all seven, or at least some of the seven, could be exciting. Keep those fingers crossed, Tone. But it is weird, because, yeah, like I said last week, you know, it's so long that you sort of think it'll never happen. But we are now at that exciting stage of the tournament, and there's not long to go. There's only two more matches in New Zealand, and then it's all over. Uh, but looking at the quarter-final lineup, uh, the first game is South Africa v Sri Lanka in Sydney. The second is Bangladesh v India in Melbourne. The third is Australia v Pakistan in Adelaide. And then the fourth is New Zealand v West Indies in Wellington. Which game leaps out at you there, Tone? The, the one that kind of looks the most certain to be a close finish and, and brilliant is, is the first one, I think, isn't it? Sri Lanka, South Africa, you'd say. The other three despite the fact that they are you know interesting looking ties they could all end up being quite one-sided as well if if you know teams don't turn up on the day bangladesh could quite easily fold against india pakistan you could see folding west indies you could see folding as well uh i don't necessarily think they will but yeah sri lanka south africa you have to say is the pick yeah on paper that's probably the most uh evenly matched of the quarterfinals isn't it before the tournament i predicted that south africa would lose in the quarterfinals but I had them losing to England, uh, you know, which I, I guess is more evidence that I don't know anything about cricket. Um, but you know, what what do you think are the chances that they still will lose in the quarterfinals if you, to Sri Lanka? Yeah, if you were to kind of happen upon a time travelling DeLorean, do you think that's the first thing you'd go back and change? Is that, that <laughs> prediction? Well, there've been quite a few over the years, though, haven't there? So, <laughs> do you know that would make actually quite an exciting, uh, entertaining movie? No, 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 it wouldn't. <laughs> the future you coming back in time to try and prevent this you recording the podcast. <laughs> I've actually forgotten what I predicted. You predicted uh, Australia, New Zealand, Pakistan and South Africa getting to the semi-finals. Yeah, hang on. Which can't quite happen. You can have three of them, but India and Bangladesh, one of those has got to get there as well. So what was the question? Uh, what are the chances of South Africa losing to Sri Lanka? Well, I, I, you know, I'd say it's pretty evenly matched. Uh, the way Sri Lanka have been going, you know, I mean, yeah, Sangakara will score 100. Uh, Dilshan's been looking excellent. Uh, the rest of them, you know, not quite quite as good, or, or, or you know, other in spurts. So, Mahela's not really got going yet, has he? No. Uh, and uh, Tiraman has spectacularly let me down whenever I've put him in my fantasy team, apart from against England. Yeah, you'd say you'd say if one or or both of those come off for for a while, then South Africa are going to be under real pressure because South Africa's bowling hasn't necessarily been spectacular. The batting hasn't been spectacular, although we all know what they've got. So, well, I mean, well, the batting has been spectacular at times. I mean, they at scored four hundred yeah. twice. They got three sixty another time as well. But when chasing, they've buckled under the pressure twice. I think there's probably a word for that. <laughs> uh, and they've lost to India and they've lost to Pakistan. And, and this is the thing, because, you know, we said this before the tournament, but it, it does seem to be um, bearing out that so much depends on Hashim Amla and A.B. de Villiers. I mean, if Sri Lanka get those two out early, you'd say they're pretty likely to win. But on the other hand, if those two both make runs, or if one of them makes a lot of runs, South Africa are pretty likely to win. I mean, you could say the same thing about Sri Lanka, but just talking about one batsman rather than two, in that if South Africa gets Sangakara out early, Sri Lanka's chances nosedive. But... I think I would actually have a, a bit more confidence in the rest of the Sri Lankan batting lineup than the South African batting lineup because, yeah, as I say, even though they have got 400 twice and you know Miller's scored some runs and Dumney's scored some runs at times against the the best bowling attacks 
and Sri Lanka isn't necessarily one of the best in the tournament, but you know Malinga's coming into form and they'll have Harath back. You know, I would just think that unless Amler and De Villiers make runs, they're going to be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I tend to agree. And actually, looking down the uh, uh, you know down the list of quarterfinals, you know, probably most of the uh, this is probably sounding pretty obvious, but yeah, most of the games are you'd think going to be decided on whether one or two batsmen turn up you know, on the day. There, there are a lot of star performers uh, amongst the quarterfinal lineup. Yeah, that's probably going to the way this World Cup's gone. You, that's probably going to going to determine it. You know, get a score on the board and a big score, and yeah, you're as good as three, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's easy to be seduced by superstars, isn't it? And to to think, well, if Chris Gale doesn't make runs, West Indies have got no chance. Or if Brendan McCullum doesn't make runs, then uh, that's big problems for New Zealand. But actually, you know, you could quite easily see the quarterfinal being won by someone like Martin Guptill or, you know, maybe uh, Faf Du Plessis or score a load of runs for South Africa. So there are other batsmen and you don't want to say, oh, it's it's these superstars or it's nobody. But yeah, it has been true in this tournament so far for some teams specifically that without their big players coming to the party, you know, it's it's not been a very enjoyable party for them. <laughs> well, no, exactly. I don't, yeah, I, uh, I was you know thinking more along the lines of West Indies. You, you know, you'd put uh, you'd put New Zealand as heavy favourites for that game, but you know, Chris Gale perhaps unexpectedly has done it well. Once <laughs> this tournament. Well, he's, this is the thing because he's done it once and he's done it against Zimbabwe. And this, like, yeah, you you still think, well, if if Gale gets going, West Indies have a chance. But get Gale and New Zealand will will win that comfortably. There's no doubt. Yeah, and you've got to think that he's not going to get going because against top class bowling attacks in this tournament and for a, a long time before this, he's struggled. And I think New Zealand have have arguably got the best bowling attack in this competition. So you'd say the chances are that Gale isn't going to score runs. So, you know, for that reason, you'd, you'd think that, like you say, New Zealand are heavy favourites. I mean, I, I, I do... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Expect New Zealand to win this fairly comfortably, which almost certainly will be another prediction that I want to go back and change my DeLorean. <laughs> no, I think I think you'd have to say that about both the co-hosts. You know, they, they should win their their quarters very, very comfortably. Uh, you know, I, th- I think Australia will win the tournament. Yeah, you said that last week. Yeah, you hammered that point home. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's not not breaking particularly new ground, is it? There, but Pakistan have yet again proved that they can be shambolic or dangerous yeah i mean they they beat ireland on sunday didn't they in in their winner takes all clash pakistan took all which was a a huge shame for ireland because 
they have been really impressive and really enjoyable to watch in this tournament. And, you know, we said it before in our preview, the odds are stacked against the Associates, aren't they? Because Ireland won three games, they beat two Test Nations, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, although, you know, the flip side is Ireland have played six matches uh, and won three, whereas, you know, in a, in a you know, perhaps in a three-team group or in a four-team group, they'd have played half the number of games and could quite easily have, have only won one, say, and, and gone out, so... I think the point is more that by making the tournament longer, you're just making it more likely that the best teams will eventually rise to the top and the teams, you know, perhaps less highly fancied will eventually struggle. So if it's just two or three games, then they've got a chance. But say if the tournament was... But a chance of what, though? Then a chance of just getting to lose the next round? Yeah, but they they could win. A one-off game, they might win. But the point being that over the course of a, a league, it's like the Premier League in football, you know, obviously only a very strong team is going to win that. Whereas the FA Cup, you can get shocks and you can get teams, you know, going deep into the tournament that you wouldn't expect. Because just the longer the format, the less likely that one of those teams is going to keep winning or win enough. Yeah, yeah, I take that point. But equally, you could say that Ireland had six opportunities to cause upsets and... You know, did it in did it in two, so it's not quite true because the UAE is one of those six games you're talking about, and that's not an upset. But okay, so that, so so they had five chances to to cause upset. They they caused two upsets, if you like. But in, you know, in a smaller format or in a smaller group format, you know, they might have had only one opportunity to create an upset, and like they probably wouldn't have taken it. So I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I suspect this conversation might be quite boring to listen to, so let's move <laughs> on to talk, to, uh, to talk about, um, yeah, this, this Australia-Pakistan game itself, which I think is an intriguing fixture. I mean, like you say, you would put Australia as big favourites. They are still just about, in my opinion, and very much in your opinion, the favourites to win the tournament. But Pakistan, after an awful start, do seem to be coming into form at the right time, as they say. They've won four games in a row, including a win against South Africa. But you don't think they've done enough to suggest that they could give the Aussies a run for their money? Oh, they, they definitely can. I, you've got to think Australia will win this game. But yet again, kind of Pakistan have put in a performance that's to be enjoyed. And they've been kind of, yeah, I, yeah, I like the narrative. I like the fact you know, that they <laughs> ballsed up the first couple of games and then, and then have come back strong. Yeah, and, and they, they're actually in the bowling department looking quite exciting you know it's it's amazing that Pakistan do keep producing such talented fast bowlers um, particularly when you know other countries seem to struggle for fast bowlers in particular Pakistan just keep churning them out don't they and yeah I mean at the, at the death against Ireland they were they're absolutely brilliant and that's that's where they they won that game and their batting still looks a little bit lightweight but they're just beginning to bolster it a bit Safras Ahmed has come into the team and giving them a, a better look at, at the top of the order. Not hard to improve on, on Nazir Jamshed, perhaps, who has had <laughs> one of the worst World Cups anyone's ever had. I think he scored about nine runs in, in four games. And the addition of Safraz not only gives their batting a better look, but it also gives them a proper wicketkeeper, which is not something that they've had, well, for, for years, because for the most part they've been relying on, on the Chuckle brothers, Cameron Chuckle and Umar Chuckle. The Mizbaz basically said that they didn't want to pick him, they didn't want to pick Safraz after the game he was asked about it. And he said, yeah, well, I mean, we literally had no other options. So he chucked him in. Uh, but he's, he's worked out pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's exciting to watch this Pakistan team and it would be a brave man that would entirely rule them out. But, but I suspect that Australia will 
have too much for them in the end. And the main reason that I say that is Mitchell Stark, who's been sensational so far. He's the leading wicket-taker in the tournament. He's got a bowling average of 8.5, a strike rate of 13. So, I mean, if he bowls even half as well as he did in the group stage, I can't see the Pakistan batsman keeping him out. He'll definitely be my power player for that game, is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, this is... I've massively balls up on... Was it Saturday night or Sunday morning? Yeah, it would have been Saturday night for the, the last two games on Sunday. Oh, yeah, it was Friday night, wasn't it? Friday night, Saturday morning. Yeah, do you want me to play the Rebecca Black song again? <laughs> we can go through it. Uh, no, I must have been balls this up because I got it drunk. Uh, <laughs> and then I, uh, I'd already made my changes. Oh, lads. <laughs> yeah, lads. Uh, but yeah, I, I somehow managed <laughs> to make Mitchell Johnson my power player and not Mitchell Stark. Oh, I was no. mortified when I woke up oh, thinking dear. that I had Mitchell Stark. Yeah. Could have been worse. You could have picked Mitchell Marsh. <laughs> yeah. I went one worse than that. I accidentally picked Billy Mitchell as my power player. <laughs> Absolute nightmare. That's a good one. Uh, well, the fantasy I was doing really well. I was so chuffed with myself. And then right at the last, I forgot to change my team again for the, the Sunday games. Uh, so I slipped from, I think, 9th to 15th at the end of the group stage, which was pretty... Depressing. This is the World Cricket Show Fantasy League that we're talking about here. If you want to get involved for the, the knockout stage, go to fantasy.icc-cricket.com, set up your team and join our league using the pin code 22025. Uh, and there's a World Cricket Show mug up for grabs for the winner. And it's all getting very exciting now because it, it's still anyone's game. Probably not my game, but I've already got a World Cricket Show mug, so I'm not that bothered. Yeah, I've... Uh, I mean... The length of the World Cup, the format, claimed its most high-profile victim in my fantasy cricket campaign, I think. Uh, I just ran out of steam completely in the last week. A couple of massive blunders, a couple of missed, kind of missed substitutions, power players, that sort of thing, uh, which is a real shame. Uh, it's a familiar story. I am the South Africa, I think, of fantasy cricket. <laughs> Although I'm not, I didn't really ever threaten at the top end. You're more the England, I think. Just massively disappointing. Uh, well, the, the only game we haven't talked about then is India v Bangladesh. I guess on paper the least interesting of the quarterfinals, perhaps, just because you would think it's the easiest one to predict. But it will probably be the game with the best atmosphere. And, you know, having said it's easy to predict, Bangladesh coming off the back of beating England and running New Zealand very close, closer than almost anyone else so far. Can you completely rule them out of this game? Uh, I don't think you can, really. I think you probably can. I don't think you can, totally. I mean, you probably can. You went very high-pitched there. I mean, I don't, think you, I don't think you can. Yeah, but, you know, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Form. I don't know this is really form, but, you know, I mean, India's form has come as, you know, it's come very quickly, and it could go as quickly, I suppose, as well, you know. But then again, you'd say, this in, you know, the Indian batting lineup looks pretty damn good, and they've, they've probably got enough in the bowling department as well. Yeah, their bowlers have been... Hugely impressive, actually, because they, they didn't look international class in that tri-series at all, and now they, they do look a dangerous attack. So, yeah, I'd I, I put them, yeah, obviously, massive, massive favourites to beat Bangladesh. I'd be stunned mm. if they don't go through and go through fairly comfortably. But, I mean, let's let's get these final predictions then, Tane. Who, who are you picking to come through those games? What's your semi-final lineup? Uh I can tell you that... Uh, the winner of South Africa v Sri Lanka will play the winner of New Zealand v West Indies. So, so what have you got for that semi-final? Uh, well, I think New Zealand are going to get there. I put my neck on the line. I think SA might just do enough. Okay. So you've got New Zealand, South Africa, and then the second semi-final, 
will be the winner of Australia v Pakistan be the winner of India Bangladesh. Yeah, and I, you know, I predicted Australia to win the tournament, but I do want to, I do want to slide an upset in there. And of the three games that we we said, you know, a slightly slightly more mismatch, let's put Pakistan and India to get through those two. Oh wow! Yeah, even though I, th- I still think I still think Australia will win the tournament, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I think you can have that not mutually exclusive at this stage. So the Tony Kerr prediction for the remainder of the World Cup is that the semi-finals will be New Zealand, South Africa, India and Pakistan, but that Australia will win the tournament. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I'm saying there is that I don't. I suspect there won't be an upset, but if an upset is to come, it will be in that game. Australia to bottle it, but actually I think Australia will win the tournament. So I'll claim, I'll claim to be right if either of those two teams get through. All right, well, I'll go the same as you, but Sri Lanka being South Africa. All right, that's your lot for now from the World Cricket Show. Apologies for a slightly shorter episode again, but like I say, super, super busy. We've got to dash off to play football in a minute. Uh, we're playing a, a league, aren't we? A six-a-side league. The other week, you almost got in a fight zone. I thought I was going to have to come and get involved. It was a Clarkson-esque dust-up <laughs> you were having with there. An opposition defender. Yeah. He threatened to snap your leg. Yeah, I mean, that was after I just... Well, beaten for skill, pace, and strength. <laughs> I don't like, you know, I often can do one of those, but very rarely all three. <laughs> so, yeah, he was obviously feeling a little bit ashamed. Uh, but I mean, I'd have had your back, mate, if it had all kicked off. I was about to sprint over and clock him right in the jaw. <laughs> uh, but then someone passed me the ball, and I just started doing some step overs. Speaking of team sports, I've just, I've just been sent my, uh, I got an email yesterday. Asking for my subs for last cricket season, <laughs> just like, which is perennially my least favourite email to get. <laughs> Not least because I can't actually remember playing any cricket last year. How much do you owe? I think like sixty-five quid. What I hate about cricket subs is that they punish you for playing more. There should just be <laughs> yeah. a flat rate. This is what you pay to be on the cricket team, but they charge you per game. So it's like if yeah. you do them a favour and play because you know they're, they're <laughs> desperate for players and you rearrange your plans and go and play, you end up paying more. It's a joke. So there we go. So I have to probably remortgage my podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, enjoy paying that this week, Tone. Uh, yeah, apologies, as I say, for being fairly brief tonight uh, and for just for being a bit haphazard in general. Obviously, we're, we're recording on Skype a lot. It's not that we've been booted out of our studio. We didn't turn up one night to find a, a big padlock on the front um it's just like we say just busy times at the moment but once uh, once the world cup is over i think oh, as, soon as, as soon as the cricket's finished we'll be back in the studio <laughs> well, this is the thing though because it's a combination of not having much time but then also because there's so much cricket going on there's like particular windows and we like ought to record it's hard to fit those in but when we've got a bit more flexibility that gives us a better chance to get to the studio so this is me justifying it in front of an MP select committee yeah. uh, but uh, but anyway yeah so so that's it for this week um, we'll be back to talk about the World Cup semi-finals uh, between now and then if you like the World Cricket Show go on the internet like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show follow us on Twitter at cricket show Tony's at Tony Cover, and I'm at Adam Bayford 1-2 send us an email worldcricketshow at gmail.com and we usually say to people uh, if they really want to give back, there's two ways of doing it. You can go to uh, cricketshow.net and click the link to Amazon. And then when you're doing your Amazon shopping, we get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, and also, if you write a review for us on iTunes, that really helps us out because it does help 
to attract new listeners. It's a bit of a shame that people can't pay their cricket subs through Amazon. <laughs> We'd bloody rake it in, wouldn't we? Well, we just need to get some kind of affiliate deal uh, for cricket subs. Uh, but anyway, that's it. Then stay in school, everybody. Enjoy the quarterfinals, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.